a very warm welcome to this Mastering the Game of Life podcast with your host, Paul Lowe. Paul offers wisdom, insights and tips for living a healthy, meaningful, purposeful life. On the back of overcoming extreme adversity, Paul has a proven track record of achieving life-enhancing results. He offers empowering advice and guidance to help people develop a mindset for success so that they can live with more happiness and prosperity. Through his Mastering the Game of Life podcast and books, Paul also helps people to get their own inspirational messages and powerful stories out into the world, as well as being involved in supporting many charitable organisations in their development, fundraising and projects. Hello listeners and welcome to this Mastering the Game of Life podcast episode and today I can promise you something that literally has not been done before because we've got the proud parents from Chicago, Illinois, United States of America of a four-month-old baby boy. Famously, I'll say famously now listeners, known as Forrest Conlin. So I think the good starting point is to welcome Bob and Tuna, the parents. Guys, very warm welcome to you. Uh, so great to be here, Paul. Thanks so, so much. Yeah. Forrest is really excited too to be on his first podcast episode. <laughs> <laughs> and um, just to give this some context, listeners, I mean, this, you know, I mean, all, all children are special. Of course they are. But I think it's fair to say that, and I'll let Bob and Tuna unfold as the podcast conversation uh, goes on. But I think it's fair to say that Forrest has got off to a, I don't know, what's the best word? Spectacular, controversial. Listeners, you decide what's the most appropriate adjective based on what you hear. <laughs> so what we thought we'd speak about today is if I ruled the world? And I've put that question to Bob and Shuna. So guys, start us off. What would happen if you ruled the world? Before we answer that, maybe, just maybe, it might be worth us having a look at how do you see the world at the moment? Mm, that's a that's a big question, um, especially now um, with all the challenges that are going on, you know, globally with the pandemic, as well as, you know, in, in our country with just the the polarizing political landscape and the you know the the fights for racial justice and equity and um you know i, I think like it, now is a time more than ever to um really get connected to what it is that you want to contribute like what is your intention what do you want to contribute to the world at this very moment and, um, you know, when I think about our story with Forrest and, you know, the unlikeliness that we would be here as a family talking to you today, Paul, like, um, you know, Forrest had less than 1% chance to, to survive and here he is completely healthy. And I very much equate it to um, how much of our story was in the complete unknown and how terrifying and scary that is. And I think like that is the state of the world now. There's so much unknown. When is this pandemic going to get contained? Um, you know, especially now it looks like it's, it's starting um, another wave. Um, you know, when is our political landscape going to... Um, God, I don't know what the word is. Ease out. <laughs> How is it actually going to start supporting versus dividing? Yeah. And um, 
you know, it's, it's, um, you know, it's the greatest unknown. I think if I could describe 2020 as anything, it's just like outside of the comfort zone and the complete unknown. And um, now more than ever, it's important to, you know, rely on, you know, I think the things that we, we know to be true as people and that's that love is present um, if we see it and, you know, if we choose it and hope is always present if we, if we choose it. And that, that's been a big theme for, you know, our work together, Paul, and, and the work that, you know, we did with the Mastering the Game of Life um, uh, book is, um, you know, this notion of love and hope being the thing to choose when all else is unknown. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think Forrest agrees too. You can hear him cooing in the background. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, as, as I've said, listeners, you know, this is this is not just a normal four-month-old giving a seal of approval. When Forrest gives his seal of approval, you can take it as read. You can put your last cent or your last pound or euro or whatever, <laughs> wherever you are in the world. You can take it as gospel, so to yep. speak. So, yep. um, okay, I mean, listeners... Bob and Shuna are relationship experts. Is it too simplistic, guys, to say that relationships would be key in anybody that aspired to rule the world? What's your thoughts on relationships in general and how they will play a part in our future globally? I mean, relationships are the foundation to every experience that we have. Um, You know, we're in relation, like Robert and I um, really believe that we're in relationship with everything. We're in relationship with um, our technology. We're in relationship with our families, our partners, our careers, um, the, the actual things that we have in our house, our cars. You know, we have a relationship with everything. And, and um, the way that we create that relationship is, is just so, um, it's so important to like having a fulfilling experience of life. And it's, it's so important now more than ever that, um, you know, we really dive deep into like, what do we want our relationships to everything? What do we want that to look like? Um, so sure, it's simplistic and it's, um, you know, some of the most basic things can be some of the most groundbreaking. Yeah, the, the most profound. And I think like in addition to all the relationships that we have to, you know, people, places, things outside of us, it's it's all impacted by this notion of that we have this relationship with ourselves, you know, um, and we really believe and, you know, support our clients too and really understanding, developing and nurturing this relationship with ourselves. Mm-hmm. Like, who we are, who we're not, um, who we think we are, who we think that we're not, you know, the disempowering voice that we can have sometimes that keeps us from doing the scary thing in the face of the unknown or the, the voice that keeps us confused and misdirected so we don't actually do the bold thing and step into our purpose of life. Um, you know, I think that, you know, if we ruled the world, I think it would be like mandatory to like, have a safe and brave space to really nurture these relationships with ourselves. I think that so much of what's misguided in this world is just a, comp- a complete confusion or um, 
you know, ignorance to what it is, like what we fundamentally need as individuals, what we fundamentally need as, as people in the world. And, and, you know, we don't get these basic needs met and they come out sideways um, and impact other people and the planet and, and every living being on, on the planet is, you know, impacted by, by this relationship that we have or don't have with ourselves. So, you know, I think, going on this theme of if we ruled the world, there would be some type of uh, nurturing or education or place where people get to actually learn about themselves and learn about their, you know, where their strengths are and where their challenges are, and then be able to act, act on them intentionally in service of the a greater good. Yeah, so often we're really connected with the disempowered piece of who we are. Um, and we're not necessarily connected with who we are at our highest and best and our core. And, um, and yeah, like Robert said, if, you know, if we ruled the world, we would have everybody supported so much that they were uncomfortable. <laughs> they were uncomfortable by that support that um, allowed them to like proactively see who they are so that they can just live such an empowered life versus being so reactionary. Um, I think um, I think the, the piece that really brought forest into the world was um, you know one of the one of the many pieces to the incredible puzzle of this experience with forest is that um, we had a deep intentionality to the experience that we wanted to mm-hmm. create. And um, I think if we ruled the world, we, we would want everybody to know and see that they get to create versus um, just be at the, at the mercy of their experiences. Um, that creation piece just allows for so much wonder and adventure and, um, and the, um, I mean, if you think of creation, like, what do you think about, Paul? What do you think? Oh, blimey. <laughs> You've turned the tables on me there, Shoon. What a big yeah. question that is. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, creation, intention. Mm-hmm. These are words that they're kind of never far away from my, my consciousness. Um I mean, I think intention, I mean, are we coming at this from an intention or from a creation because perspective? Because these two words are hand in glove for me. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, re- really help me to narrow this down so we can dig down for the benefit of the listener. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I think like, um, you know, in order to create, there has to be at first like this intention piece. Right. And you know, we're, we're all about creating strong relationships, you know, that we think the, the recipe for that is bringing a lot of courage and a lot of heart into it. And, um, you know, creation is where we get to like manifest and bring about the experience of life that we truly want. And, um, you know, it starts with a thought. It starts with an intention. It starts with the end in mind. You know, I, I think about, 
you know, I think about, um, you know, your project, Paul, with, with the book that's just been released, like you sharing that you just had like kind of a thought and before you even knew what it was going to look like, you know, well before we even met, right? Like um, you had this thought and this intention and you're like, I don't know how, I don't know what, but I know I want to create this thing. And then you took action and service of it and it unfolded in front of your eyes. It did. Um, and, you know, even the, dare I say, the coincidence, Bob, of you and I meeting, I can remember it was a Wednesday. Uh, I was speaking to you in the afternoon. I was speaking to Lars from Denmark in the morning, podcast on the same day. Mm-hmm. And I just said to Lars, uh, Lars, you know, this this forest that we're planting in, in Gilo, in Ghana, I'm speaking to a guy in America from Chicago called Bob and this fascinating story about the the unborn child and, you know, the whole kind of unfolding of it. Wouldn't it be great if we could dedicate this message of love and hope in, you know, under the banner of this unborn child? And I said, you know, let me have a word with Bob if you're okay with it. And the rest is history. Yeah. So just just to put some sort of um, context into that, listeners, um, our four four-month-old guest today, Forest is uh, has has not is has had a forest named after him in Gilo in Ghana, a food forest that will provide food sustenance for the local villages there. So this whole kind of and I use this term loosely, the coincidence of what's unfolded from a twinkle in my eye nine months ago, ironically, of oh I've got a story. And, and as I put in a recent Facebook post, but what if people don't like it? What if people reject it? What if it's not good enough? You know, all those human frailties that we have, and I don't, and I don't care how, what's the word I'm looking for? Awake, we think we are, mm-hmm. that there's always that sort of reminder of, hmm, was it Chopra, that Deepak Chopra that coined the phrase, we are spiritual beings having human challenges and experiences. And... I think that humility, guys, for me of way back in February of that twinkle in my eye. Yeah, there's a story here. I think it's a powerful story. Mm. But that self-doubt, that humanness of what if people don't like it? But that intention was the seed that had been there for some time. The creativity then unfolded. Well, let me put it out there. And that's the reason I kind of... Wanted some clarification there, guys, because I'm massive, massively into creation. Mm-hmm. And it would be very easy for me to just jump in and say, creativity is the answer to the world. Yeah. But yeah. but I felt that the question deserved us a, a sort of wider and broader context. Right. Because just going back to the very first podcast that was ever done, and it was actually, coincidentally, not called... Mastering the game of life is as simple as ABC. The A is the awareness. What are we aware of? What's the starting point? Mm -hmm. Because we don't know what we don't know. B, beliefs. What beliefs have we got around any particular situation? And the C was creativity. It's the key that unlocks the door. So I don't like the modern day terminology, guys, but 
thinking outside the box because if you isn't it true if you keep doing the same old things you're going to get the same old results and right. it'll be a, a bit like a dog going round and round and round just chasing its tail so I don't know if that answers your question Shuna we, we, we went a little bit round the house no, isn't it? does that great. answer yeah I, and I also I think um, you know with that creativity being the key that opens the door is like um I also feel like intentionality is the thing that is is probably the key to that creative that that creativity um, allowing that creativity to, to be actually fully expressed. So if we have that intentionality, then that creation and that creativity can be expressed in a way that um, probably wouldn't necessarily be if there was, if there wasn't some intentionality to it. Yeah. I think too, like when it comes to, you know, to kind of bring the conversation back to relationship to it's, you know, I think about how at least, you know, my, my kind of default way of doing things and a lot of clients that we serve, we notice like, there's a lot of self-sufficiency that gets in the way of our creative endeavors. Like mm. I can, I should just figure this out alone. I should be able to do this by myself. And, you know, I think about um, how impactful relationships are and how important they are to be able to create the things that we want in the world. It, t- it requires other people. It requires to be in relationship with other people. It requires to have, you know, a firm grasp in the relationship with ourselves a resolve, a resilience, and a stamina because creation is, it's a bumpy road <laughs> and it, it can be challenging and hard. And for, you know, folks like myself who tend to rely on the self-sufficiency piece, you know, all of my success, all of our success has come through our relationships with other people and, you know, other things. And, you know, I, I think it's, it's oftentimes we forget it's okay to be with people. It's okay to ask for help. It's okay to get support, especially when we're when we're up to big things, when we're creating big things in the world. That brings in three very important words for me there, what you've just said, Bob. And I, uh, I did a previous podcast, well, a few previous podcasts with Jim Britt, the guy that was uh, instrumental in um, mentoring Tony Robbins for five years. Jim, he was Jim Rohn's business partner for 10 years. And I was fortunate enough to have an influence uh, from Jim Britt. And we got into a, a, a previous podcast conversation about the power of the words and distillation of words and you know why 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 use long sentences and big words keep it really 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 simple and so that took us down a thread of okay Jim so what's the most three important words in the world (laughs) and for me um, the intention behind asking that was question was to reinforce that love word but I was in for a shock because that wasn't Jim's answer Mm. And Jim's answer was to me, let it go. Mm. <laughs> and, you know, that took a bit of, of getting, you know, readjusting for me of, okay, I, let it go. What does that mean? How can those words be so important? Let it go. But they are, aren't they? Because this, you, you alluded to it earlier on, Bob, when you said about this conditioning, who we think we are, who we don't think we are, you know, all this, all these labels we pick up from an early age, from our peers, our parents, you know, wherever it comes from, 
leading us down a certain path because obviously when we pick something up you know even if it's come from a place of good intent it's based on the person that gave it to us it's based on their model of the world isn't it which doesn't make it right or wrong but it makes it theirs and we kind of carry that along through life do we not mm. yeah so this whole let it go, and, and you know, when we was talking about intention there, that mm. also brought me across to one of the 10 disciplines of love, the power of intent. And as much as creativity is used, I think, quite a lot in the world, it's, it's a very well-known word, isn't it? It's a very used word. I just wonder how much people focus or are aware of the power of intention. Because as you said, Shuna, that's kind of the starting point for it all, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you you may not know what it's ultimately going to end up looking like. You know, like, um, you know, for instance, especially, you know, to give some context for your listeners, like when Robert and I were separated while I was in the hospital, um, pregnant, and, you know, my water had broken at 20 weeks. And, um, you know, Robert and I set the intention to just have a trusting, loving experience, even without knowing what was going to be created at the end. Like we didn't know um, the outcome, outcome. Um, but we were still able to have an intention of who we wanted to be in the relationship to this experience. Um, And so that, that actually allowed us to be unattached to the outcome, um, which I think made for the best outcome ever. Yeah. You know, the, the thing that's coming up for me, it's, I think it's a saying from um, the book, The Alchemist, that, you know, once you, once you commit to something or, you know, which I translate as once you have this attention, um, the entire universe conspires to bring it to you. You know, I think that, you know, there's, there's a very facilitative part to goal setting and creating things that you want. And I really truly believe that that's just like the framework that allows the kind of the magical piece or the, um, the miraculous piece to show up and to start bringing the tools and the things and the outcomes that you need in order to create the thing that you're, you're creating. Like I can, especially our experience with force there's many times where the unexplainable happens you you know when we are creating our intention the unexplainable would happen and um you know i think that's the the magic piece that comes when you have a solid intention and you know and and that you know the other thing i don't think sean really touched on was like we had to recreate that intention every day, sometimes multiple times a day to really get connected to our, you know, our, the outcome that we wanted, which was a healthy child and to be saved and loved and supported through it. And, you know, there were, um, you know, Shauna's in in tears now just getting reconnected to it. And, you know, it, it was, it was a, you know, it, it was a gauntlet of fear and, and complete unknown. And, you know, it's like we we think like, oh, I'm just gonna set this goal and it's intention and everything's gonna be great. Like it's 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 been with any goals that we've that we've sought to create, like it's it's one of the bumpiest rides there is in life. 
because we get stuck and stopped and confronted by our stuff and scared and taken out and you know one step back two forward two steps back three forward like it's it's just a it's a very bumpy ride and you know i think when the stakes were so high with life life being on the line our child's life being on the line you know it, it was it was the best boot camp of love and hope that you could possibly want to be <laughs> involved yeah. in and it was you know it was definitely challenging but it taught us that you know we we can't expect the outcome that we want all we can do is keep bringing that intention into the world and really leaving it up to the universe or god or spirit or whatever higher being or thing you connect to um you know, again, I really feel when you evoke that, we conjure that into your life and into what you're creating, you know, the magic shows up and, and that spirit shows up to help and support and guide you. Yeah, that re-presencing is, is so important. Yeah. Like every day, re-enrolling yourself every minute. I mean, for me in the hospital, it was it was almost a minute by minute, hour by hour experience of um coming back to that intention piece of what we really wanted to create with, um, yeah. with our little babe and, yeah. our, and our love for each other. Yeah. And what's coming through to me there listeners is, you know, we hear so many cliches that we're not around everyday life about living in the moment. And I'm sure you'll agree that listening to Bob and Shuna about, you know, the way the journey, the recent journeys unfolded, boy, were these guys literally living in the moment by every second and, you know, the goalposts were moving. But it brings in for me a word that we've not used so far, faith. Mm. To, you know, what part does faith pay, play in relationships? Certainly, I suppose, in a general sense, guys, and then obviously more specifically, if you can open up and talk about your own uh, experience in, in the context of faith. Yeah, are you are you speaking to the spiritual aspect of faith or or the like the hopeful aspect? I think um, I, I, well, I just throw the word out there, Shuni. Yeah. You know, as as a word, and and obviously, I mean, a, a simple five letter word on the surface of it, but <laughs> right. blimey, as that got so many diverse perceptions about what it actually means, as you say, from a religious to a spiritual, to a whole host of stuff in between, to, you know, whatever it is. So I just I just think, you know, listening and obviously following your story, um, you know, maybe I've got deeper insights than most because I've been part of that journey right. through mastering the game of life. So maybe I'm a little bit too close to it. But I'm trying to get this feeling for our listeners of, okay, so we've got this thing called a relationship. No matter what the dynamic is, whether it's lovers, you know, whether it's, you know, peers, family, friends, whatever it is. And we've got our life and we've got our own, you know, relationship with source or, or whatever that may be. But I want to keep this really open and simple because so much is said about modern day life or life in general, is it not, about this this word, this F word called faith. Mm -hmm. So I kind of invite you in from a very general, broad, massive point of view to say, well, okay, this is what how we understand faith uh, and the part it plays in relationships. You know, when things are tough, surely you guys needed the faith to know that somewhere, somehow, you'd be okay. 
Yeah, I think, um, well, it's so funny that you brought that up because um, one of the things I did in my hospital bedroom, um, you know, when I was quarantined was um, I wrote, I wrote some power words <laughs> um, across the room. And so whenever I was really struggling with an experience or, you know, something would go wrong or, you know, the baby's heart rate was, you know, acting up or um, I would, I would come back to looking at those specific words to ground me um, and love, faith, peace, trust um, were, were some of those words that grounded, grounded me in my intention and the faith piece for me in, in, um, in my experience is, um, is an experience that's definitely connected with the divine, um, because it allows, it allows trust, um, to happen in a way that is grounded and soaring at the same time, um, as well as like a coming home experience, um, the faith piece just, um, it like, it allows for an inner knowing. Mm -hmm. I think that's the thing that, um, four days after my water broke, I was having, um, I was having a, a call with my spiritual coach, my spiritual mentor, and, uh, like an inner knowing just came over me. Um, and actually Robert and I, had a really, really um, profound experience. I think it was a few days later um, that allowed us to ground us into faith um, that everything was gonna be okay. I was actually laying in bed and Robert was in the shower and this wave of, um, I can only describe it as inner knowing uh, came to me, like, it was kind of a voice that came to me saying, everything's going to be okay. And Robert came out of the shower and sat on the bed right next to me. And I was like, Robert, I just had this, just had this experience that everything's going to be okay. I mean, I got chills. I just, I had a deep peace and calm come over me. And he in the shower down the hall had had that same experience. Mm -hmm. um, and it was an experience that's just, like I said, grounded us in, in a knowing that we were not able to access prior to that. Yeah. Like you can't explain it. And I think that's, I think that's what faith is, is, um, yeah, I think, you know, it, it's, it's, you could like choose to have faith, but I really feel that faith is just like an experience. Um, you know, I think about, um, you know, what comes up with, to me when I hear faith, I also hear trust and trust seems like, like it's more of a um, on the ground aspect of faith like trust you can earn it or build evidence for or against it mm -hmm. and faith really makes zero logical sense right it's there there's nothing to prove faith it's like you have it or you you don't and 
you know, again, my experience too in life and, you know, in my own healing and recovery journey is that like faith is almost like a presence that shows up to guide. It shows up to, to reinforce and to nurture and, and let you know that like you're on the path in a sense. And, you know, like you can, I guess you could choose faith, but for me, it, it's way more of just like an experience. Like it, it's a, you know, it's a source spiritual experience where, you know, it, it kind of just shows up um, almost like cosmologically, like just shows up in, in life at specific times. And you have to be aligned with that in order to be able to receive it. Right. Like to believe it. Right. Or to like lean into it. Right. It's like, you know, it's like once you, it's almost like, um, you know, when you're ready to, uh, when the students are ready, the teacher will appear. It's like, once you start to lean into the possibility and what's out there and, and I guess have the faith and faith, it sounds kind of trite, but <laughs> um, like it shows up. It's, it's, it's almost bizarre. Because it, it's not logical. It makes zero sense to have faith. Yeah. And that rounds rounds things off really nicely, listeners, because uh, earlier on I, I made reference to the three most important words and obviously let it go, I love you, those faith in action, three great words. Bob's just said something there. Can't explain it. And really, when you look at relationships, no matter what the co- the context is, and I offer this as a, almost as a closed question, guys, almost as a sort of yes or no answer. Ooh. Can't explain it. But isn't that the glue of emotion that keeps us together as people? Can't explain it. I just know there's something special between us, whatever that may be. Mm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Mm. Yeah. The, those are those are powerful three words too. Can't explain it. <laughs> so um on that overly simplistic note, um listeners, I hope you've enjoyed what Bob and Shona have shared with us. Uh, I certainly have, but you know, I confess that as a host, apparently I should be objective. <laughs> that word should. There's a word. Well, perhaps we can do a podcast, guys, around the word should. Mm. There's there's food for thought. Yeah. Um shooting all over yourself in relationship. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there's definitely mileage in that one, Shona, isn't there? Um but What's been very interesting for me that, as I say, I should be detached. I should be objective as a host. But you know what, listeners, I make no apologies at all for saying I haven't been. I've been heartfelt in this. I hope I've shown up. I hope I've been present um, because I certainly feel I have. And that's been reciprocated by the Conlin family, all three of them. And um yeah, I don't know if I want to say thank you to Baby Forrest for being quiet or whether we'd sooner have heard a lot more noise from him. <laughs> I don't know. He fell asleep <laughs> on me. The audacity. I thought he was going to give some wisdom. <laughs> wisdom in the silence. I'm just yes. kidding. I, yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. Wisdom Superb, guys. Thank you so much. And um, I look forward to continuing because I think what we've done with this um, this conversation We've barely we've barely touched the surface. There's so much deep learning and sharing in just in the context and the conversation of relationships, is there not? 
and um, I'd certainly be very open and uh, I'd love to welcome you two guys back and we can dig a bit deeper and uh, a bit wider maybe if it's possible to go any wider than we already have done um, on the subject of relationships. Oh, yeah, we'd love it. Yep. Sounds great. Absolutely. So on that heartfelt note, listeners, all that remains for me to say now is remember mastering the game of life starts by embracing our hearts. Thanks very much for listening to this Mastering the Game of Life podcast episode. If you found it interesting and helpful, drop a line to Paul via paul at paul-low.com with any thoughts or questions you may have. He'd love to hear from you and he'd be more than happy to respond. Alternatively, check out Paul's website at www.paul-low.com. Remember, mastering the game of life starts by embracing our hearts. 